Welcome to podcast 245 of Five Star Potential, your weekly football manager podcast. I'm Matt and on this week's pod I'm joined by Dave and Mr Madden. Hello sir. He <laughs> <laughs> was definitely going to say the P word then, Mad. I definitely had to think. I had to, I had to sort of, I can't call him by the government name as Dave started calling it, <laughs> but <laughs> Mr Madden is what I'm going for now. That's it. That's so it's just settled for. I don't have a handle anymore. It's just we're just that's just my name now. You've been well. Blame your kindred spirits to, for that. Oh. So I'm getting cancelled apparently if I if I mention the P word. So and I could call you Mister P, but I think I think that might maybe infuriate more people than anything. So I'm now going to come up with a new FM Twitter handle match just for you. It's going to have numbers. It's going to have underscores, and it might even have an exclamation I, uh, mark in there for you as well. And it was a great run that you've had on this podcast, (laughs) but it's now come to an end. Goodbye. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, uh, on this week's pod, we are dispensing with the safe focus. We're going to just jump straight into our spotlight, which is on the best countries for scouting FM Wonder Kids. And we were having sort of a little preamble before we started recording. And we thought, actually, this is going to be quite an interesting one for a variety of reasons, which you are probably about to find out. So a question that comes up often in football manager circles revolves around specific countries that are the best ones to scout when it comes to unearthing wonder kids and making bargain signings in FM. While there is, of course, no right answer to such a question, we thought we would take some time this week to talk about our own experiences when it comes to scouting overseas talent, particularly when honing in on which countries we each tend to focus on when scouting for Wonder Kids, when or where we have had success in the past, and if there is time, some recommendations for this year's version of the game where we have seen a trend in talent or some clear examples of unknown Wonder Kids emerging within the game. And there is obviously a very important point that we'll sort of loop back round to once we get to that point about the uh, emerging nations, as it were. So... The dreaded question, uh, do any of you know like, or consciously focus on specific countries when scouting in Football Manager? Um, we should probably start with you, Dave, especially with your Porcher Wolves save. Yeah, Shock. I mean, it's pretty, yeah, pretty obvious for, for my save there. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think there's plenty, you know, I manage predominantly in England anyway, and I think with the, the rules this year, um, you know, with Brexit coming in, the work permit rules changing, I think you have to be very savvy and very clever in regards to where you're looking to stick to scout and how early you're doing it. Um, you know, there is ways and almost loopholes around it, which I haven't really seen many people do a lot, i.e. signing a player from said country and loaning them out to an affiliate until they can get a work permit for argument's sake. Um, but yeah, Portugal is always is always a good one. You have very talented young players there. I've I've noticing in particular that, that the values of them are are starting to rise quite a lot. I think if you're quite lucky and you time it right, you can get those players that are a, a lot more affordable. But I think all across Europe now, there's been some really talented clubs and talented players um, to look for. Um, I think in regards to team, there's always countries like Serbia. Slovenia, places like that. And I think, you know, their wonder kids or their strongest youth talents, I'm not saying it's going to be every single season, but their strongest youth talents normally stick out like a sore thumb and they're very affordable. And I think in recent years, I've really seen those sort of places, probably more obscure European nations being able to hand out these these better wonder kids. 
Serbia is absolutely a hotbed and has been for a number of different iterations, like Red Star mm-hmm. are, are the team to go for when it comes to, to sort of poaching youngsters. I, I don't think I've not had a save in the past four years that I've not at least signed one Serbian wonder kid from <laughs> one of them. It's not normally in the first season they become available because I'm not really a massive fan of, like, I know you can gamify things and you can basically search for wonder kids in effect that come available or become available straight away as soon as they're sort of part of that um, youth intake. But I'm not really a fan of that because ultimately, I, mean, I guess you could argue in real life, there there are t- or teams will like be scouting players for as soon as they can walk. Yeah, like we've like Arsenal scouting like nine year olds and things like that. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what legislation FIFA, UEFA, or whoever the governing body is trying to put in place. Teams will find a way around that legislation, and then they have to sort of think, rethink it once again. But I'd like to think that you know, if we we find them, uh, whether it be manually or just happen to come across them through the like the the under twenties euros or something like that, yeah. then you know I'd much rather have it like that than actually just. I'm not going to call it cheating, but equally, you could you don't just get a list of players in real life like, l- l- that you can actually view, and that that kind of pulls me out of the immersion uh, into a, a football manager. So save for me. In terms of other nations, I completely agree with Portugal. It's amazing. Uh, I've I still have one of probably my best wonder kids ever that I poached from Braga when he was. I think he was, I can't remember if he was, I think he was 18 when I ended up signing him because of the whole, you can only sign players at 18 from foreign countries in England. But um, Mosquito was uh, amazing and I still look at his yes. screenshots every now and again from FM17, but he was he was incredible. Um, I quite like Sweden actually as well. Mm-hmm. Some of the Scandi countries, mainly because they're, they can be quite a bit cheaper and because uh, I guess the additional bonus there is they've got odd transfer window timings and season start timings in relation to England. So their season usually finishes in December, or at least it used to, I may, you know, it may have changed subsequently uh, because of pandemic and things like that. But because it always used to finish around December, you could go in and get some fantastic players come in around that sort of time, poach them before, like when their contracts are ending. And then um, you'd have a nice January signing to look forward to potentially, especially if you were in a team lower down. Yeah, De- uh, Denmark is always one that sort of sticks out in my mind. And now you're saying that, Matt, I think, you know, not so much this, this year, but I think in previous versions of the game, I've definitely signed a couple of players from Scandinavia on pre-contracts. Um, I'm sure it was a goalkeeper I, I, I did it with recently, but I can't quite uh, remember who it was but um, quickly going back to Portugal as well one of the better things now is not so much with new gens but actual very high potential players they're not all necessarily at Porto Sporting and Benfica Mm. there are other teams around the top division in Portugal like um, Braga who I know are one of the better teams but teams like Boa Vista as well so there are teams there that have got very strong players but haven't really got the financial power and you know they can't really be rejecting decent offers for them. So you, Pacos, Pacos yeah. Ferreira are really, really good. As I mean, like I had an, another. He wasn't. He wasn't even quite a wonder kid. He was just a really good deal. He was like thirty grand, and he was looked amazing on paper. Um, I don't think his. I think he was about one thirty ca in the end. 
Yeah. But for for thirty k, that's a great deal. Yeah. Like it was like he's a he was a really good like championship striker. But yeah, um, that I think obviously the the later you get into the game, and if the, as long as the league reputation doesn't tra- change drastically, then you can get as as more teams get promoted from the lower divisions, you can obviously their their facilities improve, and so therefore, as a whole, uh, the league's sort of a pull for players or pool of of younger players improves. So you you'll get some random teams like Vitoria for example, yeah. tended to have quite a few in most of my saves as well. I guess as well it comes down to like the game evolving, becoming more sophisticated, the research net being broader even year on year. I mean, like we, we'll go back to pre, pre-Dave as a party times, Matt, back to the, <laughs> the CM days, the Ch- Champman, um, kind of 90s, late 90s. Like I, I remember Greece, Sweden, kind of Scotland, kind of, just being kind of standout countries in terms of nationalities where you'd see real life players kind of quite, I suppose, highly rated or with their potential and all that and attributes. Um, And obviously then progressing into new gens. But like now I suppose the research net is so wide that it's, it's probably not as much like, Oh, a specific country is now kind of more heavily weighted. It's, it's really going into the depths of the different clubs and certain clubs and their youth levels and all that kind of stuff. Um, But yeah, I just, as you were mentioning Sweden, Matt, Talking about, you know, my mind was going back to Jonas London or Alexander Farner or these guys. <laughs> Harbuzi was another guy. Uh, well, you had, you had like, the Farner brothers, didn't you? That's yeah, a, that's yeah. a, both Pontus and Alexander. And you'd be like, you'd spend like 50k and then they'd be worth like 20 million. And then they're, yeah. you know, within three seasons, they're the best player in the game. I mean, they were the days really. Another, as you've sort of got looped back around to Sweden, there was a, a player I always used to sign. He was never... I think he had 20 finishing, but that was about it. But he always used to just score. No, I, I don't know anyone else other than uh, one of my best friends who actually knows he exists. Uh, <laughs> the player's called Herish Kui. I may be mispronouncing his surname. It's K-U-H-I. But he was quick and could finish, and that was about it. But he could do a job in the Premier League, and you could pick him up for, I think, uh, pre-patch. I can't remember where he was now, but it was some obscure... Scandi team or some Swedish team, uh, and then he moved. It may be H, uh, then I think it maybe maybe he moved to to Finland or something like that. HJK mm. or maybe IAK in Sweden. I can't remember exactly. Uh, it's been a while. I would need to look it up. Uh, no, no, I do remember. It's Orobro. Uh, that was the team you could pick him up from. Um, there we go. Fever dream has uh, reignited <laughs> my my brain. Isn't it great, but, Matt, that, it, that that memory is taking up something else in your mind? You know, there could know, be something, something else. Something important, like, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. So that there's obviously proven a point there. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, so I guess in terms of how we actually do the scouting, gents, like we, I, can't, I guess we've kind of answered like the, the leagues and clubs we sort of, we target. How about the the scouting process? Are we specifically hiring scouts that already have knowledge of these countries, or are we just just hiring the best scout possible with the highest adaptability and hoping they can pull someone in? I won't even talk about my save. I think today at all because all the players are not even from one country; they're from one part of a country, and the same with the staff. So we won't use uh, FM twenty two for me. But I think in general. For the last two versions of FM, and I I definitely read an article about it, can't remember where, looking at scouting knowledge, um, 
and I suppose how important it is, how quickly you can identify those players. You know, when you're sending the scouts abroad, like I used to spend a lot of time creating all the different assignments. You know, you'd have like 15 scouts and I'd be like, okay, you go to Serbia and you go to Croatia and you go to Albania. And I think that, you know, I thinking I was very good at the game would have just sent guys over there and be like, right, yeah, send Dave over there. He'll find the, he'll find the lads we need scouting that league. But I never really used to pay too much attention to that existing scouting knowledge. You know, I'd be more like, yeah, they'll build it up and they'll just see the players. Um, but it was more so last season, I was definitely doing a lot of it with um, Bologna in, in FM21, where I was like, okay, this this um, scout actually has knowledge of, of Russia, of, you know, Japan, whatever it is. Um, and it's just the speed, I think. Um, the ratings, I've mixed opinions sometimes. I think ultimately you'll end up going and looking at yourself. Um, but just how quickly they'll get that scout report done and how quickly they'll find those recommendations. I think that's where the scouting knowledge comes in. I didn't know that in, in regards to the speed, but that that's always something that I tended to look at. The, if, I, if I was ever designating or assigning a scout to a specific area or country, that's something that I would look at. And, you know, in regards to scouts, again, I'm in a similar situ- situation to you, Mad, where I'm doing a sort of region-specific save at the moment. But in a normal save, I'd, I'd want to try and get my overall club scouting knowledge as, as wide and as high as I could. Um, so that is something that I looked at. And there are... I can't think of any names off the top of my head, but there are some scouts out there with like 100% knowledge in like six or seven different countries, which for you as a coach and in the game is fantastic. Um, but that's something that I, I tended to do is, you know, sort of take control of the scouting uh, myself in a degree and assign these scouts to do something. Right, I want you to go to X country and looking at players in between the age of like 18 and 25 for argument's sake. Um but then I think ultimately you always do as a manager, you're always going to still keep your eye on other players yourself. You're still going to go into the player search. You're still going to look at the Ballon d'Or or next gen to, to, to pick out one or two players that, that you like the look of. And something that, that in the last couple of years that I've noticed as well, I know you spoke about uh, adaptability, Matt. Obviously that you always want to be quite high. Um, and I don't know how much of an effect this has as it's a staff member, but language spoken as well. If I'm managing in England, I try and get them to at least speak basic English. Um, I don't know how much of an effect that has when it's a scout, uh, but just little stuff like that, just so it covers all the bases. It's obviously broadened out how much you can do now. I'm still gonna, I'd still ask the question, how many of you have ended up just randomly going, right, I'm just going to go over to Croatia, I'm going to go over to the Croatian League, click on the team, go to the under-19, and just start going through each team. I mean, that I used to do. I've probably lost. That is my a lot of time in method. my life. <laughs> so I, I think my, the, I tend to use that same approach, and it it depends on what team I am as mm. well. But largely because if I'm a, if I'm a lower league team, or or for example, like I'm at Groningen still, they don't have a lot of money. My scouting budget is minimal, so I do find that I'm having to do a lot of the legwork myself. Uh, in terms of rather than sending scouts out to search particular countries or particular leagues, I'm going through countries under 19s or under 20, 21s and seeing who's on a free, let alone like actually, like that that would be my first port of call. And then I would be looking to that basically, if anyone who's any good, like scout, like just (laughs) select all and scout, but having to do it periodically because I've only got, a very small scouting team and so it takes ages to get those reports through so it's more of a I guess a periodic review of Europe's 
affordable players, I would say, at least in this particular save. But I, yeah, I absolutely used to go through manually checking through, um, or at least get. I'd use the value as an as a barometer to how to how good they might be, or whether yeah. it, they're worth scouting, or if they don't have a value, their wage. Um, because obviously, if a team's paying them a lot of money and they're quite young, and in those sorts of countries like Serbia, like Croatia, uh, like Bosnia where wages aren't going to be extraordinarily high, especially for a youth prospect, if they're that good or if they're getting a lot of game time, then they're probably worth taking a, a much closer look at. So it, it's a case of, I think, having to be a bit more clever and selective, especially when you're sort of, you're compromised financially with whichever team you are. Um, but I think having a save in England now in particular is quite difficult, especially when bringing like young players in from Eastern European countries or anywhere else that's not in the UK really because it's like the work permit situation becomes an absolute nightmare. Um, and so you end up missing out those key developmental years because you either end up having to loan them back to the club or working a way around or loaning them to someone else whilst they get a work permit. It, it, it just feels like a, a nightmare waiting to happen. So I've actually quite enjoyed having the option to do that with Groningen this year and actually not having to worry so much about the the age and nationality restrictions that usually have you uh, sort of scrabbling around trying to get creative in the the transfer market for young younger players. There's a there's a sort of scouting it's not a glitch but almost like tip or even hack that I've uh, sort of uh, found out the last few years and uh Believe it or not, I adopted this from Clan of all people. So, <laughs> so take it as you will. <laughs> but I watched Clan a few years ago streaming on streaming it on Twitch, and he was doing the same thing, going through all the countries under 19s or under 18s teams. And you know, on the squad view, you can add um, things like age or whatever. He added media description, right? And I, I don't think you can do it on senior teams. You can only do it on under 19s teams or under 23s teams, and. Set, uh, selected obviously media description and sorted it and where it would say wonder kid you knew they were going to be have a half decent potential so you were going he's going through teams and looking at teams like Albania for argument's sake and they'd have a wonder kid and so they're like right you know you're going to get him more than likely at a really decent value so I don't think it's completely sort of ethical maybe is the right word to use because I don't think it's you actually using your scout or you actually sort of going through players one by one you're using a different tool in the game um, but yeah, you can. That's another way to do it. Use the media description to to pick out these high potential youngsters. I knew you could add it in the player search. I never realized or never really thought about adding it in the squad view. Yeah, screen. and then so I yeah, you added like, it during yeah. uh yeah, just under eighteen teams and looking at under all these nations. Fair play. I mean, you're speaking of tools you can use, and something I've discovered lately, which I think you could apply in this case. You know, when you're thinking about country specifics, you know, within the Northern Boys Save, we're obviously looking to produce players from the northeast but like naturally those players from that area can generate at other clubs mm -hmm. um so one of the things i learned somebody called it in the stream one day and i never knew you could do it where are you going to like if i go into a league let's say i go into premier league and i go into transfers yeah where you would look at historical transfers you can you have a drop down there and you can choose youth intake and it will just show you a full list of every yeah. new gen that's been generated and i never knew this so what we were, what I was doing is it's because you're not it, a hacking little prick. Exactly. Yeah. I don't. I don't watch clan. I don't watch clan streams or Dave's. So, yeah. 
No, there's um, stuff like there's stuff like that as well, but just like little things like that, which I don't think people take much notice of. Like for argument's sake, if you go into your transfers and your transfer history, you can change your club to staff. So you look at all the staff that have come in and come out on a certain season and youth intake. So you can look at all the players that have come in on a youth intake mm. season by season. So there are little ways to do that. And then you can look at players that have been released as well and see where they are, maybe if you're five or six years into the game. Yeah, I found it useful. Like in what we could do is like obviously with with Northeast, for example, and, and even if I wanted to look look for a specific country, what you can do is you can highlight all. So like there'll there'll be a couple of hundred, let's say in the Premier League, a couple of hundred new gens that might have generated. And then once you scout them, you can add them to a short list mm-hmm. and basically apply filters. So I was applying my kind of place of birth filter for all the places in the Northeast. So even though I was scouting like 300, 400 players, I might be left with like 20 that were actually from where I wanted them to be. So if you flip that over to a specific nation and you're like, right, and even the way my brain operates now, thinking that FM and real life have any type of connection when uh, in terms of current events, you know, I'd be looking at it going, right, certain countries who've done really well. Um, I mean, Croatia is one that springs to mind. Obviously, they've kind of been around a while, but when you see getting to, to the World Cup final in, in, 80, in um, 2018, in my mind, I'm like, okay, that's probably kicked up, you know, the, the development of football in Croatia. So mm-hmm. in that sense, you know, if I'm looking for Croatian new gens, um, uh, you can actually, you know, obviously with limited scouting reach and all that, you can look look at the the, the new gens that have generated in Croatia or in Italy or in Spain or wherever, and just pop it through a filter that says "show me the Croatian ones only," and then you you'll get a list of all the the new gens there. So it's it's a tool again. Question about ethics and the, the genuine <laughs> yeah. reality of it all, but uh, it it definitely works and it's been really useful for my save for um for the Northern boys. The I guess sort of part of that, and you may, some some may have missed it if they're keyboard smashes or spacebar smashes uh, and just blitz through the game. But you get the the next gen top fifty young players, and you can just add those. You can't add them all to a shortlist, but you get fifty players who who yeah. are classed as wonder kids or at least good uh, high potential talents come through uh, around the same sort of time of of year each year. So it's worth keeping an eye on those because you you will get players suggested that you've never heard of or potentially never seen or just missed. They've never come up through any of your scout reports. Uh, they can range from from like very young to a, a little bit older, sort of almost closing in on getting past one wicked status. But it's uh, another tool that is worth keeping an eye on, uh, just in case you do happen to have missed a player. If or if you don't have the scouting budget, you may never have seen them anyway. You've just triggered me there, Matt, with speaking of the next gen list. Because did you see um, Second Yolo Card's tweet uh, yesterday? He's I did um, not. he's got the notification to say the fifty best wonder kids in football. I and saw this. He's obviously many years down the line, and I think I I don't think it's intentional. Although I somewhat at SI is having a good time, but there's a Turkish player in the list. I think it's the second number two on the top 50 and he's basically dubbed as the next De, uh, Matthias Delict for some reason so they've said in the headline on the thing it says from the Turkish Delict Turkish Delight <laughs> um, on TikTok, so yeah it's, uh, it's he's got like four and a half thousand likes on this so yeah it's just quality quality FM moment it's, it's good. That's good. I like. I like. A pl- I'm fond of a play on words. And then, in uh, addition to that, Matt, it says from the Turkish delict to the next Eric Thorstvet. Do you remember him? I think he was like a Norwegian Tottenham backup goalkeeper in the nineties. Eric Thorstvet. Yes. Oh, that's uh, how, that's one of, how one of many. Actually, they they did go through a, quite a few 
Espen uh, Bardson. Maybe no, Espen Bardson. Uh, but Espen Bardson was another mm. one, yes. I mean, um, we're not even, you know, we're, we're just talking about scouting nations and somehow we're still a Spurs podcast talking about yeah. <laughs> back of goalkeepers. They always get back in. They always get back in. Somehow, every single time without fail. <laughs> we, it's Huge not even club. intentional at this point. Yeah. It just happens. <laughs> Christ. I mean, it, it's technically, it's Easter Monday, so by saying Christ, it's fine. Um, hopefully yes. I've not triggered anyone. Uh, in terms of, like, I guess we've kind of, touched on it a little bit and influencing country development is kind of where we're sort of leading towards and this year we saw the introduction of supposed dynamic country reputation uh, or at least youth reputation so that you can get uh, so uh, the new gens that come through each year can potentially change depending on how well a country has progressed itself now obviously they're was a little controversy sort of towards the back end of last year, start of this year, um, about that functionality not working as people thought it should have been working, which has now supposedly been fixed with the the most recent winter update. Um, So I guess it's perhaps a little too early to see if it has actually been fixed or if we can actually see how that influences things. Obviously, there are a lot of people who go for build a nation saves and if you're not sure what a build a nation save is you will pick a team kind of it is kind of uh, you're doing an extreme version of it at the moment Mr Madden Hmm. uh, where you're doing it as a a very specific part of the country and you're then boosting the reputation and uh, financial power of the teams from the area you are trying to build up um, in the hope that new gens coming through there will improve as a result but obviously building a nation it's the same premise as that but you are trying to bring an entire league and or league structure and national team up to scratch um based on your well i, think, I would assume from the, from the most most of the times to save i've seen uh, it, you end up dominating domestically and loaning a load of players to teams lower than you in in trying to sort of build them up and get them get more teams into Europe and obviously uh, then by extension of that improving the national team but it can be a very slow burner in fact I've it's kind of similar I don't know if either of you remember the San Marino challenge yeah which is yeah. is very much like a really that's a tough nation to do because you've you've they there is a San Marinian league but obviously San Marino the team play I think they play in Serie C but yeah. who knows at this point um, as well as the actual nation, San Marino, as well. We've all seen them get trounced by just about everyone in Europe at this point. So uh, that is a good old, uh, that's a tough nut to crack, the one, as it were. The sa- there was quite an interest, and this is a tiny bit of a tangent. Obviously, you had the San Marino challenge. There were talks before lockdown uh, that Malta were going to enter a club team to go into the Italian. Uh, playing divisions Ooh, as well. Dave, you'd love um, that for a football manager, wouldn't you? Trust me. But like, because I don't know if COVID was a sole reason, but for some reason the talks broke down. But that would have been, again, perfect. A very similar thing to the San Marino challenge where you could have had a, a team in Malta, uh, a, t- a multi-team in the Italian playing divisions and obviously uh, managing Malta as well. I did it years ago um, and it was really, really enjoyable. I got a t- I, I don't think... Uh, off the top of my head, a Maltese team. Well, Malta have never qualified for a knockouts of a Euros or a World Cup. And I don't think a team's ever got to the proper of the Europa League or Champions League 
uh, not in the modern version at least. So I think I got to the final qualifying stage of one of them and it sort of got to the end of the game cycle. But in terms of Malta, I got them up the ranks. I think it's just one of those when you're managing for so long, say for argument's sake, and this is how the builder nation works. You know, if you're bringing in Brazilians in the season one or season two, after six or seven years, you could actually bring them into your national team and make them much better. And sort of how China have done in real life, um, probably most recently. Um, but yeah, that would have been quite fun anyway. Michael Mifsud in the mud. Bagsman. Pure Bagsman. <laughs> <laughs> what a player. Like, uh, well, like even now, so obviously, Matt, they've changed it slightly. I know we're kind of tangent, doing a tangent into dynamic youth rating. Maybe we should do a pod on it someday. But with that kind of, with that introduction, with the, that, that notion of a building nation, like how, how long are we talking here to do that? Like in seasons or, you know, what I think it really depends on the nation you pick mm. and then how quickly you are able to start dominating. Because if I think the f- popular ones seem to be, uh, Denmark, I've seen quite a few people starting. Ireland Denmark. is probably one as well. Really. Ireland is probably another one as well, where it's it probably doesn't take you too long, obviously depending on the team you select, mm. to start dom- dominating domestically. But that's that's really only half of it, um, because financially you're always going to be hamstrung unless you're able to consistently qualify in the UEFA Cup or the Champions League, which is hard. For team, yeah. like, I remember like being a like when I was young and used to listen to the radio. You'd hear TNS get like in the in the qualifying rounds of the UEFA Cup all the time. Obviously, I know they're Welsh, not Irish, uh, and a, and a, <laughs> a, occasionally you'd get an Irish team, maybe some Pats, sometimes get in mm. there, but it was really fleeting sort of appearances because sort of the the quality in terms of the domestic league and then going to Europe, even when they're playing teams that get smashed in the UEFA Cup or or what was the UEFA Cup or the Europa League or name your European competition, they're still so far behind them that they get dicked in the the qualifying rounds. And so uh, I think Dundalk is probably the most recent Irish team to actually get anywhere near close to the UEFA Cup, right? Or they the did okay, didn't they as well, I think. Yeah, they didn't do too badly. They they got through... Uh, did they get to the group? They didn't quite get to the group stage, did they? They just, they just fell at the final so. hurdle. I remember Shelburne as well. Going, yeah. This is going back 15 years ago, probably, or more. Shelburne, they got through maybe the first and second rounds against, like, kind of fairly lower-level teams. And then they hit Deportivo. And this was Deportivo. Like, this was Diego Tristan, fucking Yalmina <laughs> Deportivo, like, <laughs> Valeron, all these lads. And um, I mean, my memory is going back now. We were at a music co- festival watching a concert. One of the lads like was looking up the scores or he was ringing his brother to get the score um, while we were smashed in this concert. Because we, I mean, believe it or not, Dave, I don't think we had internet on phones in those days. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but like you said, Matt, I've seen, because obviously I'd see it every year, the, uh, like the best Irish team, no matter how good they are, comes up against, you know, the a third best team in from Switzerland, Switzerland, Sweden, Finland, someone like that, there's still, yeah, a massive gap in quality. Um, we, and that's a big gap to close. We played, uh, I know, Northern Irish Crusaders, Wolves, in the Europa League a few years ago. I went to mm-hmm. that, I remember. But even then, I think you could tell the quality. But I remember we, we got down there, and I think Wolves were 2-0 up on aggregate. But everyone expected us to smash them by five or six goals. But this that was our first game. We had no friendlies or anything. 
And then uh, we tuned up, and the week after we went to Northern Ireland, and I remember the taxi driver saying, "Oh, we're gonna, uh, they're gonna beat you three nil and qualify." I was like, oh, "Yeah, sound." And they went one nil up after five minutes, and I was like, "Shit!" <laughs> we, I think we did him in the end, but that was a class experience. That was. But I think you're right. I think those sort of build a nation saves. I think if you could do one with Ireland or Northern Ireland, it'd be really cool. Actually, try and get up there with the Premier League, that'd be really good. I think as long as you can, you can keep the momentum and you can keep yourself interested in it once. The, the the domination within That's like the, the domestic thing. league. I, I I think a few like I know Dupes had the same thing, not the same sort of save, but when he's been Ajax and he's just trying to win the Champions League, and the the domestic league becomes boring at that point, and he's just basically simming through until he gets the Champions League games. I think that's the thing you've got to you've got to have your eye on the prize and the of the you know the bigger picture. And I guess you, the the fun you'd get from that is the players that you're able to poach from other teams or perhaps help develop or sell to lower teams that players that maybe aren't quite good enough for your team, but they will absolutely start every week for one of the team like the lower teams in your league, so that you are in a sense building that league up. Um, I guess the other part of that kind of save is the danger of players leaving that league. So you you are you are always going to be struggling to fight off the attention of mm. bigger teams because especially if you are a much smaller league, bigger teams can mean anyone. You can you, you you'll not just be fighting off the likes of PSG, Bayern, Real Madrid, etc. You'll be fighting off the likes of potentially championship teams and and, and that and maybe SPL teams depending on which nation you've got. And and I think losing high quality players out of that division is probably the thing that makes that the most difficult of things. Ultimately, they can still play for the national team, but in terms of the actual league, there's only so much you can do if there's only going to ever be a certain level of player that's willing to play or stay at a team for sort of long term. You're sort of going to, there will be that glass ceiling there all the time. Um, Anyway, next next section we'll move on to is um, actually something that Mr. Madden has a little bit of experience with, which is sort of nationalities at specific clubs, and I don't mean Portuguese players at uh, players <laughs> at, at Wolves, but um, I believe in your Greater Firth save, you were trying to get Irish new gens into your team. Have I got the right? Have I no? You no, I've have, got the. You ro- pronounced it better than I ever did. But <laughs> have I got the right save? Because I thought you had yeah. a similar thing happen in in last year's save as well. Yeah. You're, no, you're definitely it, you're definitely right, and I'm impressed at the pronunciation, Matt, because I think I did nine seasons at Greater <laughs> Firth, and I still can't pronounce it properly. Um, being Irish doesn't help either. But yeah, like it was that save was basically. I found that club, and it had a shamrock in the badge, and there was no explanation as to why there was no Irish connection. So I was kind of like, I'll just fucking make one, and um, we just randomly started trying to br- um, bring in Irish players and staff. So like we filled up the ranks of all the head of youth development and all these with. Irish staff members and and just just trying to spread out the network. The focus was, like you said, trying to bring ran, randomly bring through Irish new gens in a German club. Um, where your mind was going there is, it took me nine seasons to do it. It was until my last season before an Irish new gen came through. I was actually going to have a panic because I was like, he ha- he's going to be my son. Um, he wasn't <laughs> in the game. But the following season was the Angers save, um, which was a French homegrown, and in the first season with no for no reason at all, nothing I did. There was two Irish new gents in the first youth intake 
And that just set me off altogether. I was like, right, that was nine seasons of trying so hard, but maybe it's just random. Um, but I've put that in here. I guess it's it's something that still fascinates me. And I'd love to talk to somebody in SI at some point. Is like, is it is it random or can it be influenced? Is it based on the nationality of your staff, your scouts, your head of youth development, scouting network, even the manager? I would, I would, I would expect maybe the head of youth development does have the biggest impact of all because they are the ones that ultimately bring that the the youth intake into you. So I would like, because quite often you'll see the message they were able to bring this player to the club because of their, you know, Connection. their connections with what have you. So I would imagine that is the one thing. So basically, if you want a particular mm. nationality to start coming in, Either make 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 the board agree to it as a as a stipulation, <laughs> or part of your club culture, or hire staff predominantly from that nation. Um, I guess That's it could you know you could you could be argued that you could do the same for anything like in terms of the formation or the type of the, the t- style of football that you want to play. Like because I've mm. seen all of those as specific reasons given for attracting a high caliber player to the club over sort of going to sort of elsewhere. Yeah, because it's an interesting one. I think, you know, going back to the original question about countries to scout and all that, like, I, I feel like, you know, maybe f- without any real explanation, sometimes I'm just drawn towards specific specific countries. I'm like, oh, I'd love to get a few players from Austria or, I think, Dave, you mentioned Albania because I remember seeing some Albanian players. There was like, um, Kumbulla was one of them, right? Ma- Marish Kumbulla, I think is it, the Roma guy. Um, Albanian centre half. And there was another guy and I was like, these, these guys are good. Um, so it's kind of like, Things like that that kind of trigger me where I'm seeing players or seeing something happen in real life to make me go, okay, I'd love to have a new gen come through from these from this country or a couple of new gens from this country. And it's just going back to that question of, you know, yeah, can you do things to influence it using the scouting knowledge, the nationalities and all that? Um, so, yeah, I, I think that for me, the jury's still out. I'm still not convinced that it isn't just random and <laughs> and I'm putting a lot of time in for, for nothing. Uh, even in the Northern Boys now, where I've, everything's English, 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 and trying to be Northeast. I'm getting my French lads come through. We had, you know, an Irish new gen come through, of course. That was Willie Power, the famous Willie Power. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I just, I'm still, I'm still kind of like in two minds, not convinced that it can be influenced, but it doesn't mean I'm ever going to stop trying. It'll be influenced, Matt, on the last season of your save. Guarantee you'll be like, right, lads, it's my last season. All of a sudden, everything will come come together. That That's happened to me happened before. To <laughs> it was FM fifteen. I'd say with Chelsea, and the last uh, last season I did. I had two generational Maltese new gens. Never had ah, it stop. since. Never had it before. Um, <laughs> and I, I don't know how how it happened. Um, and was your to, like? Did you have well, nationality Maltese in the game? Or yeah, just, I did. Uh, you were pushing did. for it. Like, were you trying to? Nah. Well, I, yeah, I had it. That my nationality was Maltese, but that was it. But I'm trying to do okay. it with on the. I've not played it for a while. To be fair, the Portugals. I'm trying to get like head of youth development technical mm. director, everything for Portuguese and see if eventually I can do it. Well, one of the, the final questions is about any sort of specific countries that we have noticed that have sort of been greatly improved or maybe arguably overpowered in FM22. Uh, there, are, there are two that I've noticed, and it not, it's not just FM22, but in the mo- more recent versions of FM, and I don't really know the influence for it because I don't actually have them as active nations in my saves, but Mexico and Colombia are crazy 
the good for youth, like young players coming through and dirt cheap. Uh, so the the I think with Bournemouth, I signed a six foot six, like nineteen year old, and he was a bit Juan Ibarguen was his, was his name, and <laughs> he it took him a season to get going, but once he hit the ground, he wasn't like electric fast but you've when you've got someone who has got like 18 strength 18 jumping is six foot six and can finish they're pretty impervious in the air when it comes to to any form of defending so he used to pick up quite a few goals but mexico as well it has absolutely i've at least in my despite not being an active league seems to always have at least one or two really really good players that all of the big teams are looking at as soon as I as soon as I'm made aware of them it's like oh okay so PSG are interested so that's a no then I, th- I think one of the ones and I don't know if it's when you have this uh, nation loaded up uh, or whether you're managing it specifically but I found a lot on the Pentagon challenge uh, and I think it's still the case this year South Africa now no disrespect to them because I don't think they're the strongest national team out there or don't have the strongest players but whenever I managed over there, they had players that could easily slot into Premier League clubs. And I think Dupe can probably vouch for me this year because I'm pretty sure he said the same thing during the GOAT Challenge as well. When he was in South Africa, there were players of a certain calibre that were very, very good. Um, now, like I said, I don't know if this is just genuinely because the league, the nation is loaded up, but I've certainly seen there's, there's uh, players like that. Going back to sort of an old point as well, in terms of uh, teams or nations that you could always get uh, players from. I can't remember the team. I think it was a team called New New Academy or something like that. Australia. There was one team in Australia. This must have been two or three iterations ago. And the players were unbelievable. Can't remember the exact name. Uh, but Australia had a, had a team which was phenomenal back in the day. Um, again... Just trying to uh, like thinking about it in FM. Uh, Matt, you said Colombia. I had Colombia written down here as well. Um, I've just uh, like I was looking at kind of nations and, and players because I'm in the year 2027. For example, the top three Colombian players based on value Liverpool, Man City, Bayern, and they're new gents. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's like that's a telltale sign. I think if you just go to Man City, you can probably just tell who's good and who's not. Um, I've seen a lot of Belgium as well as I've kind of looked at what's going on in the Premier League, for example. A lot of Belgian nationals kicking through. I think that's, you know, Belgium are the world number one, right? And obviously that's probably kind of kicked in the game somewhat. So I think the the ranking of them, even, you know, IRL, not sure if it's definitely the case. I know I know they've got a few young players now, like Charles de Ketelaer and all these guys kicking through. But I think FM definitely recognises the fact that Belgium are definitely the, t- or were the top ranked, particularly at the start of the game. Um, it goes back to... I suppose one of the things that comes to my mind, um, and maybe I'm jumping ahead, Matt, I think it was one of the things we might talk about is who do we think will be kind of next on the horizon. But I know I was listening to a podcast recently um, where they're talking about MLS and, and you know, the US uh, MNT football team and all that. And apparently USA 94, you know, the World Cup that was there, um, was, was such a big springboard or platform for interest in football that the reason now why we're seeing such a strong kind of I suppose men's team there like players that are there Pulisic and Brain and all these guys is largely because of that kind of singular event where the, the World Cup was held there so you know I think even now where we're starting to see teams do well like again I'll go back to Croatia and the World Cup now Croatia have always been strong but them being in a World Cup final I think would be huge later down the line for players that are going to come through and I think we'll see that in FM as well 
Dave, have you, what, what are your opinions on uh, up and coming countries that you think might become a bit more prevalent for at least for, for, ne- uh, for new generation or the next generation of players in FM23 sort of, and potentially beyond? I think one of the countries that stands out is somewhere like Norway as well. Obviously, you've got Haaland, you've got uh, Odegaard, and who are both still quite young players. Um, and I think every, I don't think they've qualified for either the World Cup or the Euros, have they? No. And it's been not so much a shock, but people are quite disappointed because we're not going to see Haaland there. And he's still sort of, at the moment, still labelled as one of the top talents. Um, but I think those, you know, that, that country now, there's going to be a lot of focus on it. Um, and there's going to be the hope that there's going to be bringing in some new talented players. That's another place though, with some really talented youngsters. Um, and I think, you know, in, in the coming years, it'll be a really intriguing country to keep your eye on, on, on FM. Yeah, it's funny, interesting you mentioned it, Dave, because I was checking the World Cup. So the World Cup is 2026 in my safe mm-hmm. and Norway got to the semi-final. Wow. Um, okay, yeah. So yeah, definitely really, really good ones. I think the other one that, um, in my mind as well, having just qualified for the World Cup would be Canada, um, IRL. I think that we will probably see the effects of that, depending on how they do as well. We might see the effects of that in FM, FM23, FM24. And there's a lot going on in the Canadian leagues as well and, and football yeah. development and all that. There's a lot of investment happening and things. So, so they've got recently got a TBD with BT Sport as well. Oh, like, so, yeah, so I think that there are, they're potentially getting more money in from, from other nations now sort mm. of buying TV rights, which I think is probably the case for a lot of burgeoning leagues now where because football is wanted everywhere there is there is seemingly a market for every league regardless uh, i think we're seeing more and more obscure leagues get hoovered up that there i think i'm not sure is, is it i think it's sky that actually have the the rights to um liga nos but previously it would have been BT, quite difficult to I watch is it now. bt yeah. i couldn't remember mm-hmm. which it I've watched. I watch it in the gym quite frequently, but I can never remember which it is like that I'm watching. Free sports as well, isn't it? Yeah. I think. And uh, so, but with Canada, sports as well. The, with Canada, uh, they qualify for the World Cup now for the first time in a long, long time. So yeah. I think there are a couple of. I think the World Cup's going to be big for it as well. Um, obviously, the game would already have been out by then, but the winter update will be. You know, if FM twenty three drops, I think the winter update could be intriguing because it will be right after the World Cup, and mm. you know, mm. just not just FM but football in general. There's always one or two start standout players, and some somebody will get a ridiculous upgrade. I just know it now. <laughs> Dave, you're not allowed to touch any Wolves players that do well in the World Cup. <laughs> what, the one that always springs to mind is that what's his name, the Mexican keeper Oshoa. And I remember oh, yeah, he was yeah. he was gash at league level, but whenever the World Cup comes out, as soon as he put that Mexico top on, he was unbelievable. So. <laughs> Funny, yeah. Sticking with the um, just one other thing that came to mind there, and I suppose targeting specific countries uh, and leaning towards the revenue element. And I think we talked about this before, maybe Dave. I know in the past I've every now and again kind of tried to sign maybe a Japanese player, or a Korean player, because I think it has a pretty positive impact for like shirt sales. Um and stuff like that is yeah. Am I right in saying that? Yeah, correct. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've done that in the past. Yeah, yeah. so that, I mean, it's another thing as well. In addition to good players, kind of coming from those areas, just little other nuggets and benefits to be had there. Very ethical. Mm. Very, very. <laughs> hmm. Depends on where the shirts are made. I guess is how ethical that True. comment is. But there we go. We get into slightly off piste, and we will end things there, gentlemen. I thought that was quite a, a lovely, interesting Enjoy chat, it. actually. Um, but Mr. Madden, you've prepared us with a quizzle, so please 
drop us with some knowledge bombs. It's time for the quiz. You know, it's pretty sad because I think we all saw Dupe had such a good time in last week's quiz. I'm, I'm sorry he's going to miss this one. I think he's going to be sorry. And he was supposed to be providing the quiz this week, wasn't he? But, you know, where it, is he? It's Nowhere recorded. Yeah, it was on the internet and he'll never hide from that. Um, so sticking with, I suppose, sticking with country focus, uh, I've done a little bit of a country focus for this quiz inspired by recent events because yesterday I had a very good couple of hours watching Bruno Grimares smash in two goals for Newcastle and uh, we've won it in the last minute uh, against Leicester. So simple as lads, I've got the top 10 highest Brazilian transfers to the Premier League uh, in terms of transfer fees. So um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you to shout out, but what I'm going to ask for you is if you get um, one of the players in the top 10, I'll give you a point. If you get the club they moved from, because we're all going to know who they play for. If you get the club they moved from, I'll give you another point. And if you get within, let's go with winning a million of the fee, I'll give you a third point. And I've taken the fees from our friends over at Transfer Market. Dave's already got his head in his hands. <laughs> it's uh, go well. Yeah. Um, excellent. So what we'll do is I'll open the floor and you can shout in your guesses in three, two, one. Dave. No. Dave. Cool. <laughs> I'm going to go Ramirez. Ramirez is not in my list. Oh, wow. So it's players yeah. that have moved to the Premier League as well, just if yeah. that helps. Yeah. Ramirez is not in my list. Right. Nerd. Nerd. Uh, David Luiz. David Luiz is not in my list. Look at um, that. I did do this pretty quickly, so I hope I haven't skipped any. But. Uh. Well, they're, really I'm sure, sure they're both around the 30 million mark. Yeah, that's what I was... Yeah. I, I can't think... Sure, he's not. Nerd. Nerd. Paulinho. Incorrect. <laughs> Bloody hell. Come on, I'm trying to find the like the base level. I didn't see this coming. Dave. Dave. Oh, I think this is going to be wrong as well. Emerson Royale. Emerson Royale narrowly missed out. Well, actually, oh. not too narrowly, but he was... <laughs> what was so so? What was his value? Just so uh, he was about like, twenty five million when he yeah he was mid twenties yeah so, so we're, we're looking thirty five plus I think Matt you know Dave the Brazilians that have basically transferred to a club in the Premier League Dave Dave Bruno Guimaraes Bruno Guimaraes I gave you one of the answers <laughs> <laughs> well That's I'm gonna go he's from from Leon That's another point. And then I heard this on Sky yesterday, so I'm hoping they're they're right. He said about 38 million. Bruno Grimares, according to Transfer Market, was 37.9 million. Oh. That gets Dave the three points. Well done. What a shout! Big shout. He was good last night. Uh, yesterday, he was. was. Baller. Opens up again. Brazilians in the Premier League. Dave. Dave. Alison Becker. Alison Becker gets you one point. He came from Roma. That's two points. 40 million. Nerd is shaking his head. No, nerd goes know. on offer. Go on, nerd. Oh, do I, well, I, I, I have I the value. I just decided it was on offer because you shook your head. You know what it's oh, not. Right. I, thought it was, I thought it was much higher. I thought it was like 58 million. I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give it to you. It's 56 and a half. So I'm going to give it to him. We, we caught it within two million. Point for you now. To the nearest million. Any more, lads? You've got two out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> Christ. 
user three. Now, what I'm going to tell you is the majority of these are still in the Premier League. Brazilians in the Premier League. Dave. Dave. I mean, you've given us that clue, but I'm going to go against it. Diego Costa. Diego Costa is incorrect. Ah. Can we have a clue as to what the lowest value is of this top 10? The lowest Just so we don't value keep on getting wrong ones. I have here is 35 million. Okay, right. In which case, yeah. That, two Dave. of my guesses are out. Dave. Lucas Moura. Lucas Moura is not in my list. Flipping, eh? It was like I'm 28 million, I think. Uh, I feel. Maybe even mm. less, actually. I'm drawing a complete blank over who is Brazilian. Dave. Oh, nerd. Damn it. Dave. Fred. Fred gets you a point. From Shakhtar, the Nets. Gets you two points. 40 million. Fred's fee was not 40 million. Goes on offer, Matt. Oh, uh, 38. 53 million, according oh, to Transformer. Crikey, that is a... Yes, that is correct. Nerd. Nerd. Edison. Ederson gets you a point. Shout. From who? Benfica. I have Two no points. idea about the fee, so I'm going to guess, <laughs> like, as you said, minimum is 35. I'm going for 38 again. It seems to be my value. I've said I'd give you a point within two million. Ederson, according to this, was 36 million. Shall I give you the point? Yes. Nice. That's four out of ten, lads. Going okay. <laughs> yeah, not too bad. Slowly but surely. Need more Brazilians playing in the Premier League. Flipping eh? Let me know if you need a clue. I think we're, we're, we're I think clue time now. Yeah, we're desperate. Okay, so one of these players, where will I start? Where will I make this easy? Okay, hang on. One, two, two of these players play for the same club. Helpful. <laughs> and Dave. Dave. Roberto Firmino. Firmino is correct from? Uh, Hoffenheim. Correct. Get the two points. I reckon he's down the lower end, surely. 35 million. I'm going to give it to you. I've got 36.8 million. <gasps> I've got nerd. You've got, nerd. got nerd. I've got nerd. I've got, like, that has triggered. That, like, that needs to be on it a t-shirt. Hoff- <laughs> it was the Hoffenheim thing. Joel Linton. Yes, Joel. Oh, <laughs> yes. Shout <laughs> Of course. Gets you a point. Hoffenheim. <laughs> Hoffenheim gets you two points. 38 million. I've got 39 point. So it gets you a point. Well I don't get how I didn't get that because I remember when Wolves were linked with Jolinton, I was using Firmino's stats and value to like justify the deal. So I don't know how that didn't click. Oh, that, now we're on a roll now. There's two. On a roll now. Is that still valid then? The two players are still playing the same club. Have we got them both or not? There's one more for one of those clubs. Probably Liverpool there now. Dave. Dave. Oh, I don't know who he signed from. Fabinho. Fabinho gets you a point. Oh, where did they get him from? I saw a picture of it the other day. I'm not sure if Matt was say... either, judging by his face. Go on, Dave. Not, I'm to I might to say think. Shakhtar again. Shakhtar is not the correct club. Goes on offer to Matt for the club while Dave oh, thinks of the yeah. fee. I'll say the fee first, Matt, and then you can have go two gap bashes because I ain't going to get it. I'll go, I'll go 35 again. Incorrect. 
Did the club end the fee or an offer, Matthew? Oh. Um, I got Scooby. I feel like it was France. Oh, it came from France. Oh, bollocks. I know who it is now. <laughs> I know it that, is. That might have been a helpful clue from Dave there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Monaco, I'm going for. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking, because I've, I remember the sash in some of the showdown images that I've, yeah, when yeah. I've searched for him in the past. Ah. Monaco is correct. Can you give me a fee for Fabinho from Monaco to Liverpool? I'm going to go for something like... Oh, uh, 45? 40.5 the correct oh. fee according to transfer market oh. the point there though. point each for Fabino lads so you've got four more to go <laughs> next up I'm going to give you a player who does not play in the Premier League anymore so he originally moved to the Premier League to a club who had suddenly kind of got some cash together from places and were spending it widely at the time Dave Dave. Robinho. Robinho gets you a point. That's who I was going to go for, but I didn't think he was going to make the cut. Mm. So, Dave, can you tell me who Robinho moved from to the Premier League? The sign from Real Madrid. It indeed gets you another point. Well done. 36 mil. 36 is... Ooh, sorry, I've got a typo on that. Uh, oh, he said 36. He's just outside the 2 million. See, I thought he was more like 32.5. At least I vaguely remember at the Boris time. Boris is Britain. Inflation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> About 900 million now, probably. Yeah. So the fee I have here was... Sorry, Matt, was that your guess? Uh, my my guess was going to be like... it, Because you said like the cutoff point was 35. So I wasn't even including Robinho in Sorry, this list. Sorry, I got you. I thought he, I think I thought it was like thirty two point five as mm. like because at this sort of time I I was at uni I we had Sky Sports News on all the time yeah. and so I remember that transfer going through and I, I've they reported it as thirty two point five million but you know I'm 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 happy to be like told that transfer market has it wrong it's just that that from my yeah. like that well, point transfer market wouldn't transfer market I, I mean, would never I mean, lie to me and equally Sky Sports would never get something wrong as a result of sky bet odds or anything like that hmm. question never <laughs> the correct fee for Rubino was 38.7 million wow according to transfer market right we've got two players to go so one of these players has retired or announced retirement not that long ago Midfield playing or is, or is still playing retired? and has, however, has announced retirement. Oh, uh, oh, not that long ago. Retirement or oh, sorry, sorry, hold on, Dave, maybe I'll get my facts right. Dave has announced no, he's, he's leaving for sure. Dave, 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 Fern- Dave. Fernandinho, Fernandinho. Sorry, maybe he didn't oh. announce retirement, maybe he says leaving Man City. He sorry, he's leaving, he's yeah. leaving Man City. Apology. Yeah, see, I think now this is one I think he played for Shakhtar, did it? <laughs> He certainly did, Dave. That gets yes. another point. <laughs> Just keep guessing. Had to get one. Had to yeah. get one. Um, I'll go 45 million. Goes on offer, Matt. 38, I'm going for. I'll give you a point for that. I've got 36 million here for oh, Fernandinho. Flipping heck. These are my favourite value for some reason, but it seems to work. It's clutching. It's clutching. 
Right, and this last player uh, is Brazilian, playing in the Premier League, moved from another Premier League team to the club he's at now. Ooh. Oh, Dave. Dave. Richarlison. Richarlison mm. is the correct answer. Uh, moved from Watford. Moved from Watford, gets you a second point. I'll go 35 for this one. 35.3 million pounds is what I've got in transfer market. Matt's shaking his Ooh, head. I thought it was like crazy. I thought it was like 47 million. Like, uh, but that may have been euros, like with, maybe, with, or, or with or all of the fees that they're due to pay or something. With, I feel like it was I like like exorbitant. Super stuff, lads. So I can tell you that this week's winner of the quiz was Mr. Dave as a party. Ooh. 18 points. And Matt, you had three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I think you had nine. I'll take it. I'll take good it. Good, 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 good quiz. Don't remember recent football. Go back to <laughs> 90s. The topic was more 90s for you, Matt. We got to talk about Greece and Sweden and Farnerud's mm. and all the... All to of a point, to a point. <laughs> I, I did have... I watched the Robbo documentary, um, which is on available on Amazon Prime, which was quite interesting. But it did make me think of a very good quiz question, but I'll ask it. I'll ask it now. For reasons, Ooh, yes. uh, Dave won't Bonus. know it. Um, but it, it um, but the question is: Middlesbrough famously were docked points for not fulfilling a fixture due to having not enough players available in the can't remember which season it was now, but um, but they were relegated at the end of that 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 season. I think it was the ninety six ninety seven season. Uh, they were relegated by a point, and had they have played that fixture they wouldn't have been docked those points and would have survived. But which was the team that they were due to play but didn't fulfil the fixture against? Fuck. I've got two clubs in my mind for absolutely no reason. Um, this was, this was ni- like 90s, Matt, right? Yep, Is it 96? 96-97 season, I'm, I'm, okay. I'm, I believe. I might be out of a year. But I'm going to go Southampton. You are incorrect. David, do you want to have a stab in the dark because you weren't even born? Manchester United. Incorrect on both counts, I'm afraid, gents. Sorry. It was actually Blackburn Rovers. So there you go. I should have known that because that's why it triggers <laughs> it. That's, that's why it's in Matt's memory with Oribro for that other random game. <laughs> uh, there was also another team in that same, I think I think it was the same season, it may have been later, where Spurs had a similar situation where they... Oh, why they, couldn't they food, fulfill the food, food poisoning. Why oh, couldn't yeah. they? Um, they just had a lot of injuries at the time, um, and so yeah, they they got fine. Uh, they got fined and deducted points, which resulted Gosh. in going lose. Yeah, they finished nineteenth out of twenty. But there you go. Uh, little bonus nineties quiz question for you all. Yes. You enjoyed it. Anyway, that does bring episode four, uh, 400, 245 <laughs> to a close. You can find the links for each of us in the podcast description or by visiting fivestarpotential.com where you can find all our latest Football Manager content. Five Star Potential is available on iTunes, Spotify, and most other popular podcast apps and platforms for the new podcast released every week. Thank you all for listening. There'll be more from us next week. Goodbye, folks. Goodbye, folks. Bye, folks.